about the race? He said his door is always open.
you look around. Well, welcome everybody. This is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. We just got done with worship. Worthy is the Lamb slash Holy Worship by Jesus Image. And what was amazing about that, it was talking about all we need is Jesus. And then it came to like where there was nobody singing and it was just instruments playing in the background. And I man, we could feel the presence of God in here. It was peaceful. It was it was joyful. It was just uh, it was amazing. And um, it really blessed me and it blessed many people here. Um, but before, you know, we jump into the segment, kind of want to share some things with you guys. You know, um, last Monday, I broke my 21 day fast. I was I did my Daniel fast for 21 days and really seeking the Lord wholeheartedly. And it is a. Uh, it's a struggle only to eat vegetables and fruit. I'll tell you what. When you, when you, when you, when you, yeah, when it literally go hardcore vegan, not even just a little bit. Like it was, it was definitely a sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, so it was like no coffee, no caffeine, no meat, no bread, no sugar, uh, just vegetables and fruit, and not yeah, not even regular seasonings. But the thing is, though, I felt so close to the Lord. Because I was just focusing on him. And, you know, um, the Lord kind of told me this today, but, you know, he says, <clears throat> let me see, I have it written down. I think I have it right here. Hold on. Well, anyways, I remember it by heart. You know, it, it's blessed are those who are willing to sacrifice their will for mine. And he said that to me and he says, in these last days, I'll rise you up. And then he gave me more details, but I don't need to, to tell that to you guys. I mean, he told that to me. But the thing is, that's for all of us. And, you know, I, I was getting so caught up in doing the ministry, you know, getting all the bylaws and board of directors and 501c4 and all these different forms and also helping at my church and you know, working and being a husband and then discipling people. It got to a point where I was, it was getting a lot for me. But in those 21 days, I realized all those things don't matter. It's just Jesus. And he's all that you need. And he showed me that. I prayed for so much. I mean, when you have 21 days of praying, it's, it's a lot of praying you're doing. And the one thing that broke my heart, that... I didn't do is that I never the Lord showed me through a video I was watching a sermon by Michael Cooliano's Jesus image how he was talking about have you ever just asked Jesus I just need you and nothing else like you know because we can treat God like a genie right like all right three wishes give me a car all right help me win the lottery right but God's more than that he, he's a father and uh he's there to father us and help us and correct us and get us to maturity, but his son, Jesus, is so precious. He's so wonderful. And when you have an encounter with the Lord, it's, a, it's amazing. And I, I realized in those 21 days, on the last day, I finally asked Jesus, all I need is you. And all I, all I want is you. And I broke down, and I, I'll admit it, I cried. Because I felt remorse in my heart that I said, man, Lord, like, I was waiting for all these breakthrough stuff. And I realized I just needed him. 
And I just want to encourage you guys. Because you guys, we can get lost in our prayers. We can get lost of, well, I need this. I need this family member to come to Christ. I, I need this one off the streets. I need this one to stop getting off addiction. Or I need more money. I need a car. I need another job. But at the end of the day, we just need him. Because he's the only one that can save under heaven. So I just want to encourage you, don't lose sight of Jesus. Fixate your eyes on him. Trust in him alone. Because he's worthy to save. He's mighty to save. Okay. Before we uh, jump in, does anyone have any uh, testimonies, any praise reports that God's done for them this past week? I do. So um, my neighbors, I've been wanting to, you know, I've, I've ministered to them and shared the gospel, but I felt in my heart, you know, because they were moving and I felt like just go over there and be a blessing to them. And I was able to like pray for them because they're leaving to New York. Um, they're going to drive and they have four little kids. And, um, I, you know, I just kind of prayed with them. They're from a Mormon background. And, um, and we prayed, but, you know, it was, it was just a different experience. But I believe, you know, God really touched them. And, and I helped them paint for like five hours. And I was just a blessing to them. And, and I talked about Holy Spirit and God and just, you know, just just shared the word and they were just so thankful and grateful and I just really you know wanted to love my neighbor you know because they were they looked stressed and and they looked like they needed help and I just wanted to be a blessing to them but I was so happy that I you know got to pray with them that's amazing yeah and that and even even a better witness is helping them when they're need yeah you know five hours of painting is not easy yeah <laughs> but I bet you they're really appreciating her to step up and, and do that so yeah. that's even acting like jesus too yeah. you know what i mean helping someone that's in need yeah. so does anyone else have anything they want to share oh there is a time i read when i was reading the bible i read this one bible verse and i felt like it was like you know god speaking directly mm -hmm. to me it was wow. matthew six thirty one 31 through 34 okay read it please uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Uh, what shall we wear for the pagans when after all these things in? Your Heavenly Father knows that you need them, mm. but, all, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all those things will be given to you as well. Mm. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Wow, so, so good. Today so good. has enough trouble of its own. Yeah. Wow. So good. So good. I love, that's one of my favorite scriptures, is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. And what she was talking about was, it's not to worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what's going to happen to you. God will provide. God will take care as long as you're seeking him and following him. You know what I mean? So thank you for sharing that. That's really good. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, I have a quick testimony. So this Monday, it was Memorial Weekend. Me and Chelsea, we went to go see a realtor. And we were, we were looking into buying a house. And I know, right? That's a, that's a blessing, guy. That's a blessing on its own. Because when you live with your father-in-law and mother-in-law, it can get tough. 
<laughs> God bless them. No, they're great. They're great. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, they make the best food. They're so kind. Like, it's a joke. It was just a joke. Anyways, so we go, and this is like Chelsea's friend's sister, and she owns her own realting, realtor company. And anyways, you know, she was giving us some rough estimates what we could probably afford and, you know, asking us, okay, how much, you know, um, do you make a year? You know, what does your credit look like? You know, do you have any debt? And anyways, we were just talking and I just felt like God put in my heart to share my testimony with her. Mm-hmm. And I started sharing what God's done for me. And this is in her office on a Monday. And I start sharing with her and she's a believer in Christ too. She uh, she goes to another church that I used to go to. I used to be security doing that. But anyways, we started talking and she was just like, wow, that's so awesome, your testimony. Mm-hmm. And then also I had a word of knowledge about her having severe migraines. Mm-hmm. And I said, God wants to heal you of those migraines, but what's what's hindering you is your unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her uh, sister's, you know, incarcerated for drug possession and you know, she's serving time, she ran away, and uh, and she was really wanting me to tell my testimony to her. And I actually know her. She graduated in my year at my high school. So this is 10 years. 10 years have passed, and now I can maybe pour into her and, and be a light to her and be a blessing. But anyways, I stand up and I said, hey, I'm going to pray for you, and the Spirit of God's going to come upon you, and He's going to heal you. So, like, I, I put my hand on her head. Chelsea is my witness. I felt the Holy Spirit so strong that my leg hairs were standing up. <laughs> they were like, Shh. and I never had that before. I was like, I had shorts on. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, this is crazy. But she was so touched by God there that she's like, she was so thankful. And she just kept thanking us mm-hmm. and just saying, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for praying for me. And I still, hugging. and hugging me, like she immediately hugged me. I usually have to ask people, do you want a hug? Ever since COVID, people don't like a hug. She grabbed me. She was like, give me a hug. <laughs> like she was so happy because she got an encounter with God. I'm, I'm just the vessel. I'm just his mouthpiece. I'm, I'm not God. It's God that works through me in me, right? So um, anyways, don't be afraid to bring Jesus wherever you're at. You know, you could be at a gym, you could be at a grocery store. You know, most people that I pray for, it's not in the church. It's outside of the church. It's all the people that I see, you know, like a realtor in her office, her company. I get to pray for her and God shows up. You know what I mean? So, or even this setting, we're in a house. We're not, we are the church, right? We are the body of Christ. So just want to share that. Yeah, it was amazing. So I believe she's going to be truly 100% healed from migraines. So... Um, does anybody else have anything to share? Anybody? 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 Okay. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into prayer. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for this wonderful encounter that we're about to have with you and that we've already had with you during worship. I ask you, Father, that your presence would still be here. Holy Spirit, that you would stay, that you're welcomed here, that you have full dominion. Lord God, we uplift and give you the highest praise. For your glory, that you would bring glory back to your name like you've done before. During this great awakening, Lord God, that eyes would be open today, that ears would be open to hear, that hearts would be open to receive this word that you've planted in my heart that I get to share. Father, I can do nothing of myself, so I need you, Lord, 
to speak through me. Use my vocal cords. Use me to declare the good news. That I declare that life-giving water is flowing out of me like rivers, Lord God. Proclaiming your goodness, your faithfulness, and your mercy, and your salvation. Lord God, that we pursue righteousness today. That we are right standing with you, not because of our good works, it's because of who you are. And we thank you for the finished work of the cross, Father. We thank you, Jesus, that your peace would rule in our hearts right now. That you have the throne room of our heart, Jesus. Lord God, I ask and I pray against any demonic distractions, confusion, anything that's trying to hinder this podcast and this Bible study. It shall be broken and it shall not prevail in Jesus' name. Lord God, I ask you that you give wisdom and understanding to all these people. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him today. That our eyes would be enlightened to know the hope of his calling and what is his riches and glory and his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. That same exceeding greatness of his power that that Christ raised Jesus back from the dead and seated him in heavenly places far above all power, might, dominion, and principality. Not only in this age, but also which is to come. That you've made him, you've given him everything under his feet. That you've made him the head of the church, the fullness of, his, of our body in him. We thank you, Lord, that you would bless us right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. All right. So I haven't I haven't really spoken in a while because last week we had Chelsea and Pastor Carmen. They did amazing. Last week was awesome. And then the week before, my mom gave a good word about healing. So that was awesome. So I finally get to speak. It's finally my turn. (laughs) So um, today, uh, the the title um, of this um, podcast is i had it written down it's having faith in god and it'll be credited as righteousness trusting in god besides all circumstances so if anybody has a bible or anybody has anything they want to follow along either their phones or we're going to go to romans chapter five so let's go there so good all right Faith triumphs in trouble. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. So just to break that down, it's by having faith in God that we are justified. The thing is, we can't earn our way to heaven. We can't do a certain amount of works to get even to a certain tier in heaven or get to a lower part of heaven. The only way we can get to heaven... And this is in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes comes before the Father but through me. So what that means is Jesus is the only way to the Father. 
That means he's the only way to God's throne and his kingdom. And the thing is, God is sharing his glory with us because we're his sons and daughters once we become born again. Once we give our life to Christ and trust in him, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes and makes his house inside of us and he dwells there. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And God is saying, have faith in me, even when you're in trials and tribulations, even when you're in in, in so much chaos and so much fear and so bad of a circumstance that you might think you might die. God's saying, have faith in me during trials and tribulations. And what it does, it will produce perseverance. Well, that means it produces endurance for you to keep going. And what that means, if you notice, like, you can never really have your faith tested unless you go through something. How, how, do you, how do you trust in something if you don't even go through it or get to a place where I can be like, I fully trust in this? It's like what Chelsea said. Like, if you're thrown in the middle of the ocean and you're given a life vest, you better trust in it to keep you. Because if you don't, then you're going to drown and you're going to die. But what God is saying is that when we go through tribulation, we build endurance like an athlete, right? An athlete has to train and get his body to such a peak performance that he has endurance to finish the game. He's not getting tired. He's not getting winded. He's not getting a cramp because, I mean, shoot, if I run right now, I'll get a cramp because <laughs> you know, I don't have endurance. But I can build to it. And what it does is when we build endurance, we actually have godly character. We start to look and imitate just like the Lord Jesus. We start to look like him in integrity and justice and righteousness, right? We're pursuing good, not evil, peace, love, joy, right? Meekness, long-suffering, self-control. That's a hard one, self-control. And the thing is, once we build this character of God, we produce hope. And that's what the world needs. They need hope. Because there's a lot of things that are just like, hey, forget it. There's no hope. I hear people all day long talk about they're hopeless, but we have the hope, right? It says Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me is the hope of glory. What was your question? So can you explain a little bit further for like all of us how when Jesus said, I'm the only way, you know, I'm the truth. Can you explain how that works? Like how can... How is that so? So why Jesus is the only way is because he is the only one that paid atonement for our sins. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, Christian, atonement? That means he paid with his life on the cross so that you can have a new life. Mm -hmm. And you can have a new life. And you can have a new life. And I can have a new life. Mm -hmm. See, Buddha, Muhammad, Allah, Joseph Smith, all the others did not pay the penalty Mm -hmm. for sin. Mm -hmm. Jesus paid... All of it on the cross. It says that God made him to know no sin, to become sin, so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what, he, what, it, what does that mean, Christian? That means that Jesus took all our sins from the world and all the things that we would do past, present, and future, and he bore it on the cross. Think about this. Great analogy. Think of, okay, let's say this. Chelsea, she committed a crime. And she deserves the death penalty. Now, there's a judge, right? The judge, he's he's justice. He's 
he's going to judge fair. So think of it as God as the judge. Chelsea is the criminal. And she's standing before the judge. And the judge's like, hey, what you did was wrong. It's so wrong that you deserve death. But Jesus comes. And he's the lawyer. And he says, judge, their fine has been paid for. Their debt has been eliminated. So God is still righteous and just. But legally, he can let Chelsea go because the debt has been paid. That's what Jesus did. No other person has done that. That's why Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. Okay, Christian. I heard throughout my life a lot of people that... uh, believe like in the Virgin Mary. Okay. And they say, well, the Virgin Mary has the power to uh, to save me. Okay. Because she's the mother of God. Okay. She has the power. If I pray to her, okay, she has so much power that she's going to help me get to heaven through her. Okay. Because she's the mother of God. Okay. How can you deny that? Well, this well, I can give you. Yeah, so there's. Look at the scripture. So I don't. I don't. What I'm. What I'm telling you guys is not my opinion. Right. It comes through the word of God. This is the word, right? That God gives us. Mary was an important figure because if she didn't accept that she was going to be the holy consummated, right? That Holy Spirit. Gave her Jesus inside, right? To be mm-hmm. pregnant, right? Of a Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. If she didn't do that, I believe Jesus wouldn't have came how he came. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he had to come how he came because he had to come in the flesh. Right. See, no one can live on this earth unless you're in the flesh suit. Think of it as an astronaut. Right. And I can't go to the moon like this. I have to put a suit on. So Jesus, the spirit of the Lord, had to put on flesh. Mm-hmm. It says Jesus is... The image of the invisible God. He was visible. We could see Jesus. There's tons of documents, artifacts. He's real. The thing is, Jesus had to come in the flesh. Now, if Mary would have paid the sacrifice on the cross, then yeah, then she would be given all power, dominion, head of all things, sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. But Jesus did. Jesus paid the fine. Not Mary. But Jesus was, but Mary was important because she played a very crucial part because it had to come through the lineage of so many different people in the Bible. And you can read the lineage in, uh, is it Numbers or Kings? It's one of them where it talks about the lineage, but Jesus is the only way. And I believe if Mary could say something, she'd be like, she would tell us, worship my son, worship the father, worship the Holy Spirit. Because she did. Because she did. She put her trust. You got to think. She had to put her trust in her own son. Yeah. That, she, that he was God in the flesh. Yeah. And he is. That's why she was selected by God. Yeah. Because she was obedient. She did yeah. heal. And yeah. she was blessed yeah. among women. Yes. She had no influence over, over Well, no. God. So it's like, 
It's like when Jesus did his first miracle, right? And he turned water into mm -hmm. wine. Yeah. Mary came to Jesus yeah. Yeah. to do that miracle. So if Mary had that power to do it, she would have already done it herself. Yeah. But she it's didn't true. have that power. So what yeah. she had to do was she had to come yeah. to the to, to, to Jesus because yeah. he had that yeah. power. He had that dominion to right. be able to yeah. do that. Yeah. And she but, she was yeah, she she's the the uh like the uh Intercessor. Okay, so the thing is, I'm going to tell you who the intercessor is and I can give you scripture. Okay, it's in Romans 8. And the thing is, we have an intercessor that always intercedes and he never fails to intercede on our behalf. And guess who intercedes for us too? Jesus. In heaven, he prays for us. To the Father. Imagine that. He's not just sitting there and just saying, no, he, he's, he's accomplished and he's victorious, but he's also doing stuff. So we don't accomplish nothing by, by praying to Mary? The no. thing is, we have to put our faith and trust alone in Jesus. And what we do is that we depend on the Holy Spirit to have an intimate, reconciled relationship to the Father. Okay, the thing is, that's our direct access to God. But Jesus paved the way. He had to die. Remember the veil was torn? Do you remember that? Of the Holy of Holies, the veil was torn and the earthquake and it shook the temple and, and destroyed it. The thing is, the high priest would go every year into the Holy of Holies. It was during Yom Kippur, the Jewish holiday, the Jewish custom. And that's where they would have atonement. It's the day of atonement. They would sacrifice bull, goats, and rams for their sins. But Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Right. So when he paid that price on the cross, that veil was torn from top to bottom, the Holy of Holies. So now we have access to God now. Right. We don't have to wait all year. We don't have to go through a, a high priest. Jesus is our high priest right. forever. And we get to go and enter into God's presence because of what Jesus did. And because we have Holy Spirit in us. But I got to keep carrying along because it gets way good. It gets super good. Okay. So, okay. So verse five. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So when we're thinking about, hey, God, I want to feel your love. I want to feel the power of your love. He says, hey, Chelsea, I poured out my love into your heart because I've given you the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. That's amazing. That, that opened my eyes like I've never seen it before. I've read this chapter many times, but this time, it was like something brand new to me. It was something like, I, 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 I was like, wow, God, you love me so much. He said he poured out his love. Poured out. That is like all the way. In my heart, in your guys' heart, and he gave in us the Holy Spirit. Okay. Verse 6. Christ in our place. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
So when we were still in our sins, not following the Lord, doing whatever we want, adultery, fornication, you know, drinking, smoking, you know, doing whatever, stealing, gambling, lying, Jesus still died for us, for all of us. And now we get to choose redemption through him. We get to choose reconciliation, reconcile. What that means, reconcile means to restore. So what you lost, he restores it back into its proper place. Verse 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So that's even more so. So we see God is holy and he's righteous and he's just, right? There can't be sin around him. Think about this. If I was flying into the sun, think about this. It's going to get to a certain place where if I get close enough, I'm going to catch in flames and die. And burn, right? Think about that. Think about God is so holy and righteous. You can't even be in his presence. You'll burn up to a crisp. He's that holy. He's that good. But if I went to the sun and uh, in a rocket ship and I had a spacesuit on, I could go and be in his presence without burning up. I have this protection. Well, it's saying that his blood... Jesus' blood has saved us from his wrath that I can be in the presence of God right here without being burned alive, without being destroyed. And I can be around God. I'm just giving you an example, right? I'm just showing you, I'm illustrating what that is. So verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled We shall be saved by his life. Think about that. We were enemies towards God because we sinned. There was no other way we could get free from sin. But Jesus defeated sin, death, and the grave. That's why he's victorious. He's the Lord of Sabbath. What does that mean? Let's look it up. Lord of Sabbath is literally the Lord of hosts. He is the commander of the armies of heaven. Think about that. That's one of his names. That's one of his titles. The Lord of Sabbath. That's, uh, that's uh, in Hebrew. That's the original text, right? <clears throat> and the thing is, when we let Jesus become our Savior, He also becomes our Lord. Okay? And this is the definition of Lord. It comes in the Greek. It's called despotes. The origin of the English word is despot. Despot. D-E-S-P-O-T. The word signifies owner, master, one who has absolute dominion, supreme authority, and unlimited power arising from ownership. Despotes includes total submission on our part to God's will, not out of a slavish fear or bondage, but joyfully and willingly. Despotes. Despotes. So the thing is, he becomes your owner. He becomes your master, but then he, you also get the benefit of having him being Lord over you. You know what I mean? And the thing is, it's not a chore to serve God. We do it joyfully and willingly because we have this peace from God. We have this grace from God. He's healed us. He's redeemed us. He's saved us. And this is just a, a sign of gratitude and thankfulness that we get to serve him. 
Verse 11. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So with that being said, now we have the opportunity to be reconciled to God. God doesn't send anyone to hell. Hell was made for the fallen angels that disobeyed God, Lucifer, and, and his angels. Hell was for them. But God is such a gentleman, and he respects your decision because he's given everybody a free will. A free will of choice to choose what they want to do. So you can either be with God for all eternity, or you can be away from God for all eternity. Your choice. Your choice. Because Jesus is the reconciliation, the redemption that we have through him and his blood shed on that cross that we can be with God now. So you can't say like, oh, I can't. I'm a good person. I'm going to go to heaven anyway. No, no one's good. Even Jesus said to the young rich ruler, he said, no one's good but my father. So the thing is, if we've all fallen short of the glory of God, all of us have sinned and all of us have failed. But Jesus hasn't. And Jesus gave his life so we could have a new life and do it right. And it's a free gift. Free gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do a hundred jumping jacks to get saved. Right. You just believe in Jesus. Right. And you trust in him alone. And you let him become Lord of your life. And you say it with sincerity, right? You yes. Say, Godly sorrow. You know. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my master. Yeah. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. See, love is an action. I can say, hey, I love you, mom. But then I treat you like crap. I don't like, I just do stuff to hurt you and that. But if I really love you, I respect you. And when you ask me to do something, I do it. Because I love you. Right? Right? Like when Chelsea, you know, asked me to do laundry, I have to... You say no. <laughs> you I'm, working, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay? I mean, I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'm working on it. Only six days after. Right? Like, love is not a feeling. Okay. No, it's not. Love's not a feeling. Love is what you do despise your feelings. Yeah. Love is an action. It says, do not love... In word or tongue, but love and deed and in truth. Mm-hmm. That means show it right. and do it truthfully. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? And tell the scripture, well, they'll, they'll know that you are my disciples, how you love one another. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how you treat someone is a representation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if I'm giving someone the finger on the freeway, that's probably not being like Jesus. No. <laughs> I'm saying? But to love someone... Truly, it, this is what Jesus said. He said, true love is laying down your life for, for one of your friends. Mm-hmm. True love. True. true love is giving yourself. To, you got to think, Jesus was a servant leader. Yeah. Jesus gave his life because he loved us. Mm-hmm. And he wanted us to be reconciled back to God. He knew that that, that was the only way. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. And this is what I want to share with you. It says, death and Adam Life in Christ. So this is going to explain why there's all this sin, the chaos in the world, and that's why Jesus had to come in. Okay? So listen carefully. This is going to be good. Verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man's sin entered the world, and death through his sin. So there was no death. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, 
They were with God. They had fellowship. They were in perfect koinonia mm-hmm. with the Lord. So the, the Lord would literally walk with them in the garden. There was no sin. But until sin came, death came. And then all the other things that follow. And I'll keep reading. Okay. Death through sin and thus death spread to all men. So all men, all women, right? We're all... See, why, why it says all men? Because back in the day, you know... Um, they wouldn't account women mm-hmm. for certain things, but now we do. And the thing is, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> no, well, Jesus actually, Jesus, Jesus came yeah. and he defended the women saying, hey, this is in the image of God too. So thank right. Jesus oh, I know. for he's the ultimate woman's rights. Exactly. So the thing is, <laughs> but the thing is, why it says all men is because the Lord had to take a rib from Adam to make Eve, mm-hmm. right? He said, then Adam said, this is the flesh of my flesh and this is the bone of my bone. I will call her woman. Man, woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa, man. Is it because she has a womb? She no, has a she, womb, but she came, but she came, but she came from man. <laughs> I can't lie. Okay, all right. In all serious, let's go. Okay. Thus, death spread to all men because all sinned. So that includes all of us. We've all sinned. Mm -hmm. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Mm. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So you got to think, death was was like... So Satan had control over death. Mm. Right? Because it says in John 10.10... The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and Jesus came to give life, and life more abundantly, okay? So we know that death comes from Satan, but the thing is, Satan had full dominion over death, okay? So no one could stop, so death was what's ruling over the world, because everyone has to die, right? One, I mean, we're still under that curse, but now we have redemption through Jesus, right? That's part of the curse, that's why, you know, if we have a flower, you plant in the summertime, it's probably going to die. <laughs> it has to die. Things have to die. It's, it's inevitable. But Jesus made a way that we can have everlasting life. Through him. Okay. So even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam, so sin, who is a type of him who was to come. So they always say like, you know, Jesus is the second Adam. Because what it is, is that God originally made man in his image to have fellowship. But once they sinned against God, there was this wall. They, they were disconnected. They could no longer get in God's presence. There was like, bing, couldn't, couldn't get in there. But now Jesus took the veil and now we can be back to God. Okay. Um, let me keep going. Okay. Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. 
For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So saying that, because Adam sinned, now we all fall under sin. We all fall under death. But Jesus came and he gave us grace. You know what grace is? You know when you hear that song, Amazing Grace, right? What grace means, it's God's unmerit favor. What that means, grace that God's given you, you don't deserve it. It's a free gift from God. See, the thing is, for, for instance, I give my mother a gift. <laughs> okay, she gets a gift. Okay. But if I said, well, you got to like mow the backyard to keep that gift. Give it back. That means, see, <laughs> she don't want it, but that means she had to work to get my gift. But God is saying this. I love you so much and I have mercy. And I sent my son, my only son that I truly love to die for you. This is a free gift, and you don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything for it, but believe that I sent my son, Jesus, to save you. Do you see? What happened to the people that died before Jesus came? Okay, that's called Abraham's bosom, and we're going to have to get to that. But let me finish this up, and I'm going to answer it, okay? Because this is going to clear up a lot of things for people. Verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. So through one man's sin, we were all judged by God. Right? Adam, we, sinned. Adam sinned, but we were born into sin. Our sinful nature, our flesh, that's sinful, right? God judged us all because of one man's sin. We've all sinned. But, this is the amazing part, resulting in condemnation. So we should be condemned. We should go to hell. We all do. We deserve it. Mm -hmm. We sinned against God. We don't deserve his grace. Well. Listen, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came. The free gift came. To all men result, see all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Yeah. Also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. You know what righteous means? Right standing with God. You're in right relations with God. You're living the right way. That means we don't have no beef. We don't have nothing. I'm in right relations with you. So... To bring clarity, so when, because of Adam, right, there's sin in the world, we're born to sin. So would, is it true that we're spiritually dead? Yes. So that's why when Jesus comes, yes. we accept him. Yes. Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus and God. We accept him. Now we are born again. Now we're spiritually alive. Yes. Now we live in heaven right that's like, the free gift we don't die we just transition spirit right? it says to be absent from the body mm -hmm. is to be present with the lord mm -hmm. so all i'm doing is i'm leaving this tent this tent goes back to the earth but my spirit is everlasting right. 
It says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy within the Holy Spirit. I was explaining to her about God's free gift. I'm going to share it real quick. So this is pretending I'm giving a gift to my mom. And here it is right here, right? Mom, for you to keep that gift, you're going to have to mow the backyard. And she's going to have to weed whack it and trim some limbs. <laughs> but she does she don't want, right? Do you want that? No. She doesn't want that. That's not a, that's not a true gift. Mm-hmm. What God did was says, hey, I love you so much. I'm going to show you mercy and grace. I sent my son to save you. If you believe in him to save you, you can receive this free gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. I'm going to freely give it to you. Do you want it? Yes. No stipulations. No, like, oh, you got to work your way and earn your way. It's a free gift. That's a true gift. By faith. By faith. It says, by faith, through grace, you have been saved. You have to believe, right? You have to believe. You have to believe. Believe that he's the one. Okay. Okay, where am I? Okay. Verse 19. Oh, yeah, no, I finished that. I'll read again. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made sinners, all of us. But also by one man's obedience, Jesus, many were made righteous. Moreover, the law entered, the offense might bound. But where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. Amazing. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. To make that, when you're in a place where sin is, let's just say, you know, you're with your buddies and you're hanging out and everyone's drinking, smoking, partying, everyone's having a good time. But the thing is, though, we shouldn't be afraid to be in those situations because where grace is, grace abounds more than sin. So if I share people with the love of God and, and Jesus and show them who, who is the way, who is the truth, who's alive, God's grace is abounding more there than the sin. That sin can't touch you if you're covered with the blood of Jesus. And what I, what I mean by that, that sin can't infect you unless you open the door to it unless you accept it and yeah we've all fallen into temptation we've all messed up but jesus gave us eternal life to reign in righteousness that means right relations with god right standing with god okay i still have a lot of scripture left so i'm gonna have to go quickly but about yours i'll answer that outside of the podcast just for time's sake all right go to psalms 118 Please. Psalms 118, please. Is that making sense to everybody, what I said? Okay, okay. And just to say, like, yeah, you'll sin, you know, you ask God to forgive you. But it's different when you have a lifestyle of sin, right? You're practicing sin. Yes, yes. You got to repent. And you know you keep doing it, doing it, doing it for years. You know what I mean? You got to repent. What repent means... Sin means this. It means that you miss the mark. Sin was used by people that shot bow and arrows. And if they missed, it was sin. But it's giving you an analogy. And also sin means that you take a detour on the path that you're supposed to be on. And it causes you to get lost. Because you think it's a shortcut. I can get here and I'm going to go there. 
But that's where sin denotes from. That's the definition. But the thing is, um, repenting means to change your mindset, to turn away. We can confess God what we did. Say, God, you know, I, I drank and I smoked and, and I did all this stuff. Please forgive me. I repent. But what that means is I, I don't confess and keep doing it, doing it, doing it. God will work in you through his word, through the Holy Spirit will change your heart. But repenting is turning away and not doing it no more. That's true repentance. It says the goodness of God is what leads man to repentance. The goodness, not the wrath of God, not the thunderbolts of God. It's God's goodness that has you change your ways. But, but drinking and smoking is not necessarily a sin. Only if you get drunk, right? Yeah, but what, so if I smoke weed, it already. Are you talking co- about weed? Well, anything. I mean, I did it all. I did it all right. and more. But it's right. The thing is, what helped me was like I had to get free from it, and God freed me from it by because I would continue being His Word. I continue to have relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit, and I would surround myself with godly people and counsel to help me because I was addicted to. You know, to drugs and 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 all tons of other stuff. And you drank where it was sinful, right? Because you yeah it made you sin very badly. Yeah, and I lost inhibition. I I had no uh, remorse. I had no conviction of my sin. I was jaded. I was heart hearted. I was rebellious. You were in bondage to it, right? Yes. So that's different from like having a beer or two. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get legalistic. I'm just saying that. Well, yeah, like if you're out getting hammered every weekend, mm-hmm. you should probably repent. <laughs> you got an issue. Issue of bondage. Yeah, my brother. On the other hand, you could say, okay, I'm just gonna drink a beer. Right. But then, like in my case, mm-hmm. I would say, would Jesus, would Jesus do this when he was alive? Would he just drink one beer or a bottle of wine once a month and say it was okay? <laughs> Well, no. well, Jesus drunk wine. Jesus drunk wine. His first miracle was turning water into wine. But did Jesus get drunk? No. no. Did Jesus... Did, yeah, do you think Jesus was turning up in the Jewish clubs? No. You know what I mean? Jesus was in the club setting those people free. Jesus was talking to the prostitutes. Jesus was talking to the murderers. Jesus was talking to the tax collectors, the thieves and robbers. That's who Jesus was. Because the Bible says you can drink but don't get drunk. Because when you get drunk, you lose your job. You get people. That was Kevin's first verse. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that destroys your life. All right. Okay. You're opening right. the door. So yeah. we can... The thing is, I'm going to keep going. Okay. And I'm not going to rush. So keep going. Yeah. If, if people have to go, I understand. But I'm going to keep going because yeah. I still got the scripture here that I need to talk about. So Psalms 118. Praise to God for his everlasting mercy. So... You know, the book of Psalms is, is King David, right? He wrote a lot of the Psalms. But, you know, King David was a mighty man of God. It says he was a man after God's own heart. That he had a heart for God and had a heart like God. But he was also a man that sinned. And he lived in his flesh, right? He, he committed adultery on his wife and had, you know, the woman of... Her husband killed in war. But David had true repentance. He was truly sorrowful what he did. He fasted for seven days after his son, his firstborn, died. 
of the one that he could commit adultery with, with his, this other woman. But God still had everlasting mercy. If you want to read the prayer of repentance, read Psalms 51, where, where David cries out to God, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. He knew how important it was to have the Holy Spirit. Because he knew if, if God took that Holy Spirit away from him, that was it. Because there wasn't Jesus back then. It's Holy Spirit. But now we have Jesus. And we have Holy Spirit. What, what a, so anyways, I want to read this to you. Verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Can you fix that, please? Let the house of Aaron now say, His mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, His mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I love that. You know what I mean? The Lord is for me and among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Now, now David is crying out to God saying, Lord, I need you. I need you to save me right now. I need help. He was probably going through battle and he probably had a lot of enemies coming at him. And he's, and he's crying out in distress. Like how we do like, oh God, I, I need you. I need your help. Like you got to show up. And God showed up. And he says, the Lord is on my side. It said, if God is for you, who can be against you? Right? You know, like, if you ever hear Tupac, like, only God can judge me. And I don't fear man. Technically, that's good, but you don't want God to judge you. You don't want that. Because you're going to receive the wrath of God. But through the blood of Jesus, you've been redeemed and you've been cleansed and washed away. You've been forgiven. So the thing is, carrying along... When we trust in God, he even gives us our own desire that we've been wanting. You know what I mean? He, he hears your prayer. I love this one. Verse 8, Psalms 118. It is better to trust in the Lord than put your confidence in man. That means that people are going to let you down. People are out for their own selfish gain. People are trying to rise up and push you down, right? People are always trying to climb the corporate ladder. People are backstabbing you in the back. And God's like, trust in me. It's better to trust in me. Then put confidence in some man writing your paycheck. Because guess what? You can be fired the next day. Yeah, that's right? right? Or you put your trust in doctors, but who's the true healer? Jesus. Okay. Verse 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. What that means is it's better to trust in the Lord than government. What is the government going to do? Can they save you? No. It's only the Lord that can save you. I'm not saying don't be disrespectful and don't follow the laws of the land. Do so. But during this time, with inflation, with gas prices going up, with food going up, with all the wars that are happening in Ukraine and rumors of wars and all these riots and racism and abortions and gender and homosexuality, trust in the Lord. He's your rock. He's your refuge. He's your strength. Verse 10, all nations surround me. This is David talking. But in the name of the Lord, I'll destroy them. 
They surround me, yes, they surround me. But in the name of the Lord, I'll destroy them. They surround me like bees. Think about that. You see those bee attacks where they're swarming all around you? Like, just imagine how fearful you can become. They were quenched like the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. He pushed me violently that I might fall. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Thank you, Jesus. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. That means us, right? We're right standing with God. And the right hand of the Lord does violently. So the thing is, God's no pushover. He's a warrior. God, what do we read? The Lord of Sabbath. He's the Lord of heaven's armies. What do armies do? They fight. They go to battle. <clears throat> the right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord is violently. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. So remember, David sinned against God. He said, hey, I, I, I killed that guy. I committed adultery and now she's knocked up. Right. But God corrected him. Right. A good father disciplines his children because he says, if I don't discipline you, then you're an illegitimate son or daughter. That means you're not his. So you got to take the correction from God. But but David was saying that he didn't give he was not corrected to a point where he died. So God spared his life. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them. I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and you've become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This, is, this was the Lord's doing. It is his marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made and I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. See how that says that? God is the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. They're all three in one. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and for his mercy endures forever. So good. Does anyone have any questions on that? It's powerful, huh? All right, I got one little bit, and then I'm, I'm done. It's the last bit. I know you guys got to go to bed. What scripture? James chapter 5. James chapter 5, what? 1? Um, verse 7. I'm going to go through 7 through uh, 11. <clears throat> Give me one second. All right, James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient and persevering. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another. That means don't fight, don't argue, don't complain against one another, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. 
My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So why I'm saying this and why I'm sharing this with you guys is because Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a spotless, blameless bride. That's Christ. That's the church, right? That's us. Let's not grow weary when doing good for in due season, we shall reap what we have sown. So that farmer, if you do not lose heart, thank you, Chelsea. If you do not lose heart, what does that mean? That means I'm planting seed and I'm persevering that I'm going to see a harvest. I'm going to see a crop. Like grandpa, you probably have a lot of patience for all the plants that you plant. And then you finally see it flourish. You finally see it grow. You finally see it come to pass. But the thing is, the judge, the Lord Jesus is knocking at our door. He's waiting on us. He's about to enter, but we have to be ready for him. So get right with the Lord. Repent. Turn away. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn away from your lust. Turn away from your pride. Turn away from your arrogance. Turn away from your greed. Turn away from your anger, your addictions, all these things and turn to Christ. He'll set you free. He'll set you free. And have patience. Don't be upset. If, hey, I keep messing up. I keep messing up. Get right before God. Get right before him. Come in a place of surrendered heart. Get on your knees and say, God, forgive me. I need your help. I need you to create a clean heart in me. I need you to take these desires away from me, God. I need your spirit, the Holy Spirit, to guide me and to show me all truth and help me to learn your word. That's how we have to come before God. Because that's going to be that true repentance of us really getting this relationship with the Lord. And yeah, we're going to suffer at times. It's not easy. The Christian life is not easy. The first Christian that died was Stephen. He was a martyr for Christ. They rejected him. They hated him. They said, shut up. If you don't shut up, we're going to stone you. They stoned him. But guess what? He looked up into the heavens and he saw the heavens open up and he saw Jesus standing. Jesus, that means he got off his throne and Jesus stood. And, and he said, come on. So the thing is, it takes more strength. It takes more discipline. It takes more patience and more power to be a Christian than to not. Because it's easy to sin. It's easy to do whatever you want. Trust me, I was good at it. But now, since I give my life to Christ, it's a challenge every day. But the Lord is on my side. The Lord is my strength. And my song and my salvation. That's what we just read. So that's all I have to share with you guys. That's it. So. And we're going to miss yeah. it at times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And just be like quick to repent, right? You're going to miss it. Quick to turn. Quick, quick to, turn. to turn. So does anyone need any prayer? Does anyone need anything before we uh, sign off? Yes. Well, I just recently uh, met a friend at my church. He's like going through like a... Uh, really hard time, like financially, you know, and you know she's kind of like finding her way through cheap Christ. And, okay. Yeah, like, pray for her. yeah, what's her name? Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth? Okay, we can do that. Can you pray for Elizabeth? Does anybody else need prayer for anybody? Yes. Yeah, uh, my friend Jordan. Okay. Uh, she lost her mom a couple of years ago, and her dad is going through a lot of drinking and addiction. Okay. Gambling. They just lost $5,000. They're getting evicted, and they have to move over to Wow. Okay. Jordan. We'll definitely, yeah. Okay. Ke- Kevin, can you pray for Jordan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Does anybody else have any need for prayer of any kind? Elizabeth. All right, let's come in agreement. Go for it. Heavenly Father, we just lift up Elizabeth right now. Father, we thank you that you're there with her, Father. You're comforting her, Father, and the spirit of fear must leave her right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that she has clarity, Father, that that she hears your voice and she and she um, the eyes of her understanding are open, Father, and that you just reveal yourself to her, Father, and that you that she trusts you. You're going to provide for her. You're going to provide her needs, Father. And that she's just going to have this encounter, Father, with you. And she's just going to have peace, Father. And help Cynthia to be a blessing to her as well, Father. We thank you that she has favor with man and favor with you, Father. That you're just giving her that supernatural joy, Father. And that she knows that you, you're her, you're uh, leading her and guiding her, and you're just blessing her, Father, and she just trusts in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I also got to um, give her Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It says, oh, my, God, my God shall supply all my needs according to the riches and glory that are in Christ Jesus. Yes. Uh, Goku. Yeah, Philippians 4, verse 19. <clears throat> So I got in the spirit for that one. All right, Kev. Heavenly Father, we just want to pray for Jordan and her father. We want to break that spirit of addiction over her dad, that depression over her father, that he is not wasting his money on alcohol, he's not wasting his money on gambling. And we just pray that they have favor, Father God, that we just pray for peace. Yes. And we're just thankful for your love, your grace, and your mercy that you have in each one of us, Father. Yes. That we know that you are there amongst them, Father, that you never leave us. That it's us that leave you, Father. So I just pray for an encounter for them, Father. I pray that you send a mighty man or woman of God their way, Father God. That, yes. you, that you speak to them or you, sh- you reveal yourself to them in a vision, Father God. That I pray that the light is shown upon them, yes. Father God. That they do not live in darkness, Father God. That I pray that her father is relieved of that pain of the lost one. That he has peace, Father God, that he is able to let go and know that you are in charge, Father God. So we pray that my name is Jesus, Father, that you bless that family, that you bless Jordan, you bless her father, and that they have supernatural favor with you, man. In my name is Jesus, we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. Also, to uh, Father God, we just lift you up. We just thank you, Father, for everything you do. We exalt your name. For the Lord, you're on our side. You are our strength. You are our song and our salvation. Lord God, I ask you that you bless each and every person that listened today. That, Lord God, a seed was planted and we'll be waiting patiently as farmers for it to grow and to flourish and to bring glory to your name. Lord God, I lift up my sister in Christ, Rosina, Lord God, whatever she's dealing with, Lord God, that you would comfort her right now. That you give her peace. That peace would rule in her heart right now, Lord. Whatever answers that she needs, Father, that they would be clear and they would be clarity and they would have no confusion. Every type of spirit of anxiety and worry would leave her right now in Jesus' name. 
every type of depression or loneliness, get out in Jesus' name. For the Lord is with you, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, Lord God, that you are a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. We thank you, Lord God, that you're truly a great, wonderful God. And we thank you for what you did by sending your son to be reconciled, that we could be reconciled back to you through righteousness and through his bloodshed. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you guys. God bless. Take care. Bye, Rosina. Bye, guys.